there's less than 1% penetration. And that's a fact because I can't spend Bitcoin here. I got to still spend US dollars or MasterCard credit or, you know, established credit. Any one of these stores, there's no penetration in the real world. But there's a $27 to $800,000 increase in investment in this space. But there's a 1% penetration in the real world. So what happens when it gets 5% real world, when more people can spend their, their cryptocurrency at the store, at the restaurant, on the airplane, which is why we came to Amsterdam because there's a city out here where the whole city is cryptocurrency friendly. And this is an example of what's going to happen to the rest of the world. And we think that if you get in now, when the value spreads and the accessibility spreads, you'll be sitting on the right chair. And, um, you know, being out here further brought that to my attention, reinforced my, my, my belief in it, and we put our money where our mouth is. Liquidity and DeFi. Liquidity and DeFi. Now, these two things, especially DeFi, are hot topics in the cryptocurrency community right now. If you look that up on Twitter or anywhere, you will find a variety of projects that are booming or taking extreme L's or somewhere in the middle. Yep. Yep. Um, so let's talk. What? Let's start with this. What is liquidity? So liquidity defines how much value is behind a token. So how much a token has um, in terms of value, uh, you know, behind it. And that can be in the form of other tokens or in the form of just intrinsic value, Mm -hmm. where it's like a token that is just valuable because it is Mm -hmm. something like Bitcoin. But even in the case of that, in the crypto space, uh, there is a massive liquidity problem that has been rampant since 2015, um, where there there are lots of people with uh, you know big holdings in a number of different tokens, but they're unable to cash it out mm-hmm. because that particular token doesn't have enough liquidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you could think of liquidity in that sense as a cash reserve. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, like liquidity is what makes this uh, asset capable of transferring value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. When you talk liquidity and you're talking different types, different types of tokens, can you measure a token success probability by looking at how much liquidity they have? Yeah, how much liquidity they're building. Because so in the crypto world, success is really easy to determine. Mm-hmm. liquidity that's the that's the best measure why mm-hmm. because uh crypto crop pro- crypto projects or blockchain projects rather that fail uh they fail usually because the team becomes greedy mm-hmm. or you know people involved with the team become greedy in the sense that they begin to cash out their own yeah 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 sell their tokens you know or divvy it up yeah mm-hmm. or you know or sell it to other people for mm-hmm. a low price gotcha and then 
those people sell it. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that happens and you can see that effect on liquidity. The liquidity will go down mm-hmm. when things like that happen. Uh, and, you know, and that's, that's one of the biggest effects on liquidity for uh, projects in the blockchain space is this uh, early investor selling, developers sell- selling, mm-hmm. you know, to, to pay their rent. You know, mm-hmm. if if you if you give someone if you pay someone in a token, they're gonna they're gonna sell it to pay their rent. You know, if <laughs> it, 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 you know you shouldn't pay you yeah. shouldn't pay someone in a token, mm-hmm. and and expect them not to sell it to pay their rent. If you're giving yeah. someone a token, you should tell them, hey, hold this for this amount of time, because the market is this way. So, and that's it. In, in those scenarios, would you? You would probably tell that person hold this for X amount of time because you'll be able to use this token, just like cash. Yeah. At at some point in the near future, probably yeah. less than five years. Yeah. So. Pain in the token now, or or not just like cash or for whatever the goal of that project. So is. value, so like whatever transfer of value that may look like for. Yeah, like whatever, like whatever the goal of the project is. Like lots of projects come out, and they have they want to be the two-factor authentication for blockchain they want to be the file sharing for blockchain they want to be all these things but they can't accomplish it without capital mm-hmm. you see so if they aren't properly allocating their capital in a sense that they're able to uh, build and and sustain the products that they want to put out it, it, it's it's they're gonna fail mm-hmm. you know and 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 so this this happens when developers become greedy when founders become greedy mm-hmm. you know everybody has a a, a number mm-hmm. you know and, and, and you know a million dollars can be a, a lot to, to, to a lot of people mm-hmm. and, and it, once you reach that point it's like okay well, why do I have to work anymore <laughs> and, 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 and you know so um, for a lot of people uh, the space is like a a, a hit and run mm-hmm. yeah you get your cash or you get your value you get your number and you pull out yeah yeah not many people see the long term the long term value and it's something that's been studied and researched on and and, and there are various different papers out on you know what blockchain is going to be in five years Mm ten years from now but you know as lots of things historically people just see as I'm going to get in get my thing and, and get out you know, but those are going to be the same people five to ten years from now that say that, yeah, I, I, I messed with blockchain five years ago, uh, or ten years ago, mm-hmm. I was in it, uh, man, I wish I would have stayed in. So but, similar <laughs> to folks who are saying that right now about having Bitcoin back when it was worth ten dollars. Yeah, or Apple or Tesla yeah. stocks. Yeah. You know, I wish I would have stayed. People, uh, you know. Not not everyone has long term vision in terms of how these you know tech companies are are going to become. But on the flip side, you know it's a two side coin because there the, the the companies aren't going to grow without vested interest from investors. Mm-hmm. You know, like something like Apple, they're not going to put out MacBooks, iPads, and you know all these various products without people investing and pumping money into the company and right. trusting them that, wow, these guys are going to actually put out things right. that we want to use. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really what's missing in the blockchain space. But I feel like our block with our DAP holders, mm-hmm. like, I think we have that. Like, our holders don't sell. 
mm-hmm. when, I, when the price moves, it's because we're selling to, mm-hmm. to buy other things. Right. <laughs> you you're, know? Moving assets, you're moving your assets around to better opportunities to, to, to create more trust for the holders of that. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we always inform them. Right. Yeah. I'm one for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. So, from that standpoint, Let's look at an example. So, for example, if you look at Chainlink, right? On Uniswap, they have about $8.2 million in liquidity. Yeah. But I have no idea how many holders they have, but I can imagine that they probably have holders who hold more than $8.2 million. million. I think Chainlink has about 250,000 holders. You can probably check out EtherScan right now to see. Chainlink has 230,000 holders. Does it know how much they are holding all together? Uh, how much you're holding on together? No, but the biggest holder that's not a smart contract has uh, about half a billion dollars worth of Chainlink. Right. F- 50 million Chainlink. So, in the situation of Chainlink, where they have a liquidity pool of $8.2 million, roughly, at least on Uniswap, mm-hmm. and then you have a holder who has half a billion dollars that you can view on EtherScan that's not a smart contract. Mm-hmm. What if that person wanted to cash out? If he went to Uniswap and sold even just a tenth of what he had, mm-hmm. it'll just destroy a lot of people's day. <laughs> <laughs> because the price of Chainlink. Would, I mean, the price will the price will plummet. plummet. The price will plummet. That's probably a you know? founder or something. And if he went to Coinbase and did is is Chainlink on Coinbase? Yeah. He went to Coinbase and did that, and I would imagine that the liquidity on Uniswap is equal to that of the liquidity on Coinbase Mm -hmm. because uh, uh, from recent data and research, DeFi exchanges have more liquidity than centralized exchanges. Mm -hmm. That's why you see the trend now in centralized exchanges exchanges rather uh, listing DeFi projects very fast. Mm -hmm. YearnFi was listed 60 days after it it came out. Mm -hmm. YearnFi 2, its clone, was listed... uh, uh, 30 days after it came out on Binance mm. and, and you know Binance and Coinbase for Yearn5 Yearn's for, on Yearn's on Coinbase Yearn is on Coinbase that's crazy and it's on Binance and this is 60 days after it came out it's only been out for about 3 months now right 60 days that's, 60 days is 2 months oh they did them out for 2 months 2 months really 2 months all right, let's talk about DeFi now. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> in clear. I mean, this is a token where that our block we took a very nice position mm. at thirty four dollars uh, and fifty thirty between thirty four and fifty dollars a token. Mm-hmm. It's about thirty four thousand dollars a token right now. Right. Yeah. So you know we're doing quite well with that one, and then it has a twin. You're in Phi two. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's about four grand a token right I now. Even, I, I didn't even know about your Phi two. Yeah, we entered that at like five hundred. Uh, so, these wow. two tokens, within 30 days of their inception, were listed on Binance, the biggest crypto exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, so you see, like, the this whole DeFi heat and this whole rush for centralized exchanges to list DeFi projects because YearnFi, its first, the first exchange it was listed on was Uniswap. Mm-hmm. YearnFi 2, Uniswap. You know, all these DeFi projects coming out, the first exchanges, exchange that they're listed on is Uniswap, a, a decentralized exchange. Yeah. Which has about a billion dollars in liquidity right now. One billion. Do you know what Uniswap's liquidity was in January? Probably less. 
it was $25 million. And we started DAP in February. Wow. $25 million. Compared to now, that's peanuts, yo. That's crazy. <laughs> well, not peanuts, but you yeah. point. So, well, first off, I was wondering to uh, put it out there. So you mentioned that you got into Yardify 2 at, you said five? 500, yeah. It's about four, four grand right now. Yardify 2? Yeah. They they recently changed their name. So they were called Yardify 2 because it was a direct fork of Yardify. Mm. But they, they call them the, themselves DeFi.money now. Like I was saying earlier, there's so many projects out, and that goes back to the original question. How do you determine? You could come here and look. You can deposit various different assets and earn more than your local bank will give to you. Look, you deposit Ethereum, you can earn 13% EPY. You deposit U.S. cash, cash, U.S. money, cash. Mm-hmm. You earn 37% APY. See, but the problem for most people, like I was saying before, is that they can't come back on here and say, okay, cool, I've earned my money, I'm going to take my money and cash out. You can do that with this. Yes. How? So look, didn't I just teach you how to farm? When you click harvest, what does that do? It releases the token, right? Yeah. So you sell it. And then you just cash out on your normal platforms, Coinbase, yeah. etc. You may lose, but whatever. That's how it... That's like anything where you invest, you lose a certain amount of fees to taxes. So it's the same kind of thing you lose. They have created a way for people to leave their initial investment and earn on top of that and then go and spend that. That's what you're spending. To spend your rewards. Yeah, you're spending your rewards. Now that is from the DeFi. So that's what DeFi essentially is doing. Yes. Across the board. Yes, across so the board. So you earn, you earn five to. Yes, it's called farming. That's what it's called, farming. That's so, let's, what, that's, so, so let's get into that. First off, what exactly, for the new listener, can, what is DeFi? DeFi, DeFi. So, I know it's a broad definition, but yes. try to condense it. <laughs> so it it just means decentralized finance. So mm. and if you take those two those two terms, decentralized and finance, mm-hmm. decentralized meaning something that's run. Uh, without the influence of a centralized entity. Mm-hmm. yeah, And then finance, obviously, we know what that is. Right. You know, how money works. Yep. So when you merge those two things, you uh, it creates a world where anyone can create a money platform mm-hmm. for people to come and participate on. And, uh, you know, I, I, re- I, I like to call, I like to really summarize DeFi, or decentralized finance, rather, to uh, money Legos, okay. you know everything is a little piece, uh, a little Lego piece, mm-hmm. and you can put it together and build a nice, you know, a, a, a nice uh, Lego set. Lego set, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So would so, and so farming is how you create or how you build this Lego set. Yeah. So let's let's let's. Let's dive deeper into farming. So you have farming and you have the ability to harvest, which is a fancy way of saying earn rewards mm-hmm. on the crops, a.k.a. tokens that you are staking, a.k.a. call them planting mm-hmm. or, yeah, or seeding in the ground, if you will. The mm-hmm. ground being the platform that you're putting that money onto, such as Jern or Jernify 2 or Moon or whatever. Yeah. Right? So how would you describe like 
how does it work if you simply let's say I have five hundred bucks, I want to do this. Describe that process for the common person. So with, is that five hundred bucks in cash? You're starting off for you, five. Not, you're not on any type of platform. You just heard about this. You say I have five hundred dollars. Well, let's say I have a thousand dollars, and I want to now go ahead and build my level. You set. take your thousand bucks. You. You invest in our block. <laughs> That's okay. what, yeah, you invest in our block. That would be the easiest way. But if you want to do it yourself, mm-hmm. um, you take the thousand bucks, you deposit it in Coinbase, uh, you break it off half. You get half of it in Ethereum, half of it in USDC. You transfer that to a wallet that can access Uniswap. Once you're on Uniswap, you take the half that's USDC, you buy Moon. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Those wallets may be what? MetaMask? MetaMask, my Ether wallet, etc. Coinbase. My Ether wallet does not connect to Uniswap. Oh, I, I did. I wasn't not. aware. Yeah, I tried that. But ago. Coinbase wallet does connect to Uniswap. But but I wouldn't use yeah. it. MetaMask uh, Meta 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 yeah, MetaMask is your best option. Yeah, MetaMask is your best option. Shout out to MetaMask. Yeah. Once you have it, um, use half of the USDC, buy Moon, mm-hmm. and then keep the ETH. And then take the Ethereum and Moon, go to the Moon ETH, uh, Uniswap page, mm-hmm. add liquidity for the Moon Ethereum pair. pair. Mm-hmm. And once you get the liquidity pool token for that, go to the Moon Swap.fi mm-hmm. website, and then click on where it says Starship. Because mm-hmm. you, you take a starship to the moon, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, not, you know, not a ladder. Right. Um, you went, Once you click on starship, uh, you're going to click farm for mm-hmm. moon. That's the best pool yep. APY. Click farm. Mm-hmm. Once you click farm, there's a little plus button. Mm-hmm. And when you click the plus button, it'll, it'll let you know how much liquidity pool tokens you have available to stake. I, I always click max. Click max. <laughs> <laughs> And once you click max, you click confirm, and then when you're done with that, it stakes, and you you have it, it starts it to, to harvest. Yeah. Now, the step that may confuse people is the step of going through Uniswap. You have your, you now have your moon. You now have your ETH, right? Mm-hmm. That should be equal in value, essentially. And mm-hmm. then you go on to and you add liquidity to that pool in Uniswap. Mm-hmm. Now. Is that as simple? You know, you did so. Once you add to that pool, does that now that now creates the Moon ETH swap token pair? Correct. So then you can add that to your staking pool on Moon. Yeah, yeah. So once once you're when you're on Uniswap, and yeah, ideally you want the same amount of Ethereum and Moon, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't matter if you if you're off. But okay. once you go to the moon page mm-hmm. and click add liquidity for the moon ethereum pair mm-hmm. all you have to do is click on one of them and it will have the max for the other okay so it will suffice the other as yeah. long as you have it in that wallet that's connected to yeah gotcha yep okay okay cool so that's how we stake and that's what farm that's how farm we farm that's how we farm rather yeah so that's what farming is 
So Tyler's, why Tyler's, you started farming today, didn't you? Yes. So I actually started farming. What time was that? Maybe around like right now it's eight thirty eight p.m. Yeah. Um, I started farming around what seven forty five ish. Yeah. Within about fourteen minutes, I made a dollar. Um, now, I won't tell you how much I farmed, but it wasn't that much money. Yeah. I made a dollar. Now, obviously, that could be about what like four dollars roughly every every hour. You're not making maximum <laughs> wage or minimum wage, but to have your money sit there and you're not thinking about it. I mean, the goal in life is to what make money as you sleep. You know, and this type of opportunity, you're making money as you sleep without doing anything by simply putting your money to work. It's a pretty good bargain. Um, I want to point out as well that you, one other way to be able to understand which DeFi token to farm with, uh, you want to be sure that they have been audited. If they've not been audited, then that is a riskier investment, and you, it's just something that you may not want to do. Do you want to expand more on that so that people know that? Um, how to assess that risk? Yeah, so yeah, you wanna you wanna make sure that the project has been audited, uh, you know, by a good firm. Like their smart contracts have been audited. Uh, you know, just because you you wanna make sure uh, the developer doesn't have a way to pull the rug on you. And what that means is basically like a a, a master key that can take all the funds away. Uh, you know, you don't want to put your money in anything like that because that's that's just you. you no one wants to go to sleep thinking that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, you know we 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 choose projects and we recommend projects, and 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 then on this on this podcast we're not gonna, you know, uh, uh, name drop anything that hasn't been well audited, at, you know, uh, or and, and and you know anything that we use really, uh, you know, we yeah. we're not we're not gonna. <laughs> and this is essentially why we say, and obviously do your research as an investment advisor. This is why we say sometimes it may be best to simply just invest in a token that is already handling many of these things for you, where you don't need to go ahead and do all these or do all these things yourself, such as DAP token, because you don't have to actually go through and move all this money around yourself. It's not the easiest process, but once you get a hang of it, it makes sense. But I will say, you know, I'm an engineer. I've been in this space for a long period of time. It's still somewhat complex to understand for me. Not saying that's any indication of your level of whoever may be listening, but just food for thought. You know, if you want to be with with a group of people who know what they're doing and who has been doing it for a long time and shows their receipts at all times, this may be a potentially good investment for you once you look up the company um, and know what they're about. So I just wanted to say that just for anyone who has been on the uh been on the fence of moving forward with DAP token or any other investments in the DeFi space. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, okay. How do these tokens increase in value? So, how does Moon increase in value? Yearnfi, Yearnfi two. You know, like what are these? Like, how do they make? How does their token price go up? Essentially, if everybody's staking and or earning rewards, how are they generating said rewards, and how are they going to be a profit themselves long term? Well. Uh, the tokens earn value themselves ba- just based on simple supply, demand, economics. Mm. You know, if there's demand for something like yearn, because it's like, oh my God, this is a token that uh, allows you to govern so much of the liquidity in the DeFi space. Mm-hmm. So people are going to want to buy it. You know, people are going to want to buy it and hold it. Mm-hmm. So what is a passive way of holding yearn other than just keeping it in your wallet, staking it? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just people are bored. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, you know, you know the, the human uh, mind isn't stagnant. These tokens, you know, when, when um, having them just in your wallet, lots of people get bored. They don't, they, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to just keep them there. So you have options like staking to earn APY, options like using them to vote on different proposals that actually increase staking rates, mm -hmm. you know? So people feel very important holding these things. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to sell it? You know, right. and, and you know, and so uh, creating a token model that allows people to continue to hold it and not want to sell it. Also, on the on the flip side, there are lots of people that desire it and covet it because, mm -hmm. like, wow, I want to do all these things with this token now. Yeah, you know, so that's what increases the price when you have a token model that really creates this uh, environment where people are coveting the token. Mm -hmm. You know. Gotcha. So, what I get from that is a token increases the value by how many people are coveting said token and want to be a part of that staking process by adding more and more liquidity to said pool. Yeah. So, since you're adding so much liquidity to said pool, that company now has more, or that token now has more leverage to be able to use that money yep. to then do what? That's the part that I'm missing. They use the money to get audits, mm -hmm. you know. They use the money to improve their smart contracts, to mm. pay their engineers. Mm. They use the money to uh, do things like get listed on other exchanges. Mm. They use the money to give out grants. Right. Yeah. So then so then people who see the fact that, okay, more and more people are talking about this, they're staking, they're trusting it, yeah. more folks buy the token. Yeah. So one so one one strategy that we were talking about before this episode was that um is hedging against your stake if you or even no one call it hedging more like a safety net right so let's say you invest one thousand dollars into the liquidity pool and you're now staking on urine or whatever you can also put another thousand to buy on that token as well mm -hmm. just to make sure that okay well you know best of both worlds I'm, yep. gonna, I'm gonna buy the token as it rises I'll, I'll eat i'm gonna stake and harvest these tokens as well so that as the liquidity pool grows i also earn more rewards long term as well okay so just a strategy in case someone wants to be able to take the best of both worlds if you want to buy a token as well as farm as well. Yeah, yeah. So when you buy the token and keep it in your wallet and then you have a stake position, it allows you to capture the maximum value of the token when it goes up because the, the token that you keep in your wallet, you can sell at any time. Mm. Whereas like when you stake, you're going to have to like unstake and then sell the token, which right. is two transactions. Yeah. Yeah. Gas fees. In gas fees. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, earlier you mentioned a term that I think goes over a lot of people's heads, um, and I still have trouble understanding it a few times, but can you define what intrinsic value is and how it's acquired? So, intrinsic, intrinsic value in the sense of a, a cryptocurrency uh, basically means that it's uh, widely understood as something that's valuable. Like okay. when, when you say Bitcoin, mm -hmm. to even someone that doesn't know what blockchain or crypto is, mm -hmm. they know that it's something that's valuable. Right. Right. And Chainlink is becoming something like that. Mm -hmm. Ethereum is something like that already. Right. Uh, and, you know, getting to that level just requires a large community, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a large uh, uh, active social community. Mm -hmm. A develop a large developer community that's mm -hmm. putting out products, you know, associated with the token. Mm -hmm. Ethereum has the most products of all time. 
Yeah. Urine Phi is a product of Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And look at all the products it has. Ethereum put out the most products of all time. Yeah. Ethereum has created the most millionaires. It's going to create the most billionaires. The most Ethereum has created the most wealth of all time of mm-hmm. anything. Uh, Shout out to Metallic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 um, to get to the point where your token is something that has intrinsic value, you need a, a you know like a popular community, a developer space that's active, putting out products, mm-hmm. um, lots of liquidity, and uh, you know those three things. Mm-hmm. Those three things will get you there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. There's actually a trilemma right now in in, in uh, DeFi. <laughs> you know how, how so? there's like a blockchain trilemma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DeFi has created its own trilemma. Being what? Gas fees, rug pull, liquidity. That rug pull is strong, man. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that, that's a tough L to take. <laughs> Define rug pulls, so we would just know. Yeah, yeah, so rug pull is like when uh, a, a new project comes out by a developer and they have the master key and they're just not like a very honest person or I don't know what these people what, what they their, do. their motives are you know mm-hmm. but usually they put out a project and once lots of people invest they pull out and people are left wondering what happened what happened mm-hmm. and usually they have like some hired um, community manager and he's trying to manage everything and then he leaves like two weeks later. And then, and then, then the group chat is deleted. It's not funny. It's funny, but it's not funny. You're left wondering, like, wow, what happened? You know? Pay attention to these audits, people. Pay yeah. attention. So, yeah. if someone gets audited, can they? Can that token still do a rug pull? Uh, so, th- you have to really look at what they were audited for. So. Mm-hmm. Lots of people say they got audited, mm. but you could just your your just like your website got audited. So maybe like your user base, if you have a blog or, mm-hmm. or like a podcast or something like that, like our blog, mm-hmm. and we got audited. They'll just edit uh, audit our website, mm-hmm. you know, our blog and how we manage the data on there, right? And like uh, maybe things like our podcast, how we manage the data on there, uh, and that really wouldn't tell you how safe our token is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our token doesn't do things like staking, uh, you know, and, and things of that sort. Right. Uh, we're just a basic ERC twenty token mm-hmm. issued by the Ethereum blockchain, mm-hmm. and that that has been audited ten thousand times. Right. By companies like Consensus, right. you know, the best in the game. Uh, so uh, until we start doing things like staking and, and staking, which means people take their token, deposit it into a, a smart contract, and they earn. Mm-hmm. tokens uh, from that and you know uh, the developer of that can control have have control of everything that's deposited into that contract to the point where like they, you know they can just pull it out mm-hmm. when, whenever they want and you know you you, you really don't want that uh, so when, when you're looking at how uh, these projects are audited you you want to you want to see um, if their smart contracts were audited and if their developers burn their private keys mm. if, if if their developers don't have access to the minting function mm-hmm. for their token 
the minting function is the, uh, uh, the function which allows you to create more tokens. Okay. Yeah, so you want to make sure the developer, the, the main developers don't have access to those things. Mm-hmm. And if they do, for a good reason. Okay. You know, you want to make sure they have it for a good reason. How would you find that out? Um, like, is that public information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's m- most uh, very good projects have that information. So you, so you can go on their, uh, on their site they and look that up? They have or? it on their social networks like Medium and Twitter. It's mm-hmm. usually in a, in a form of a post. More like a tweet they put yeah, in. Yeah, like we've been audited. And then they have the company's... Uh, PDF or whatever email or and okay. or, or they're the tweet at the company mm-hmm. that, or the company sometimes lots of times for the good ones like DeFi dot money mm-hmm. and you're in the company tweeted and said we are auditing these guys right. we are auditing them auditing them now <laughs> you know right. uh, yeah like I'll show you a nice little project that just came out so uh, when the audit happens though uh, I guess do you, are you able to tell are you able to tell that something like how are you able to validate that this audit is is for the smart contract or is for staking versus a site or the blog or whatever like how are you able to tell what type of audit it is? It would it would say that okay. It would say we we you know we audited the smart contracts. Okay, so yeah. let's tell you what they're auditing. Yeah, what they audited. Show me an example. So the so the example that was just shown is for Moon Swap. And they have an audit by on if you go on their site, I think it's on the bottom right by Slow Mist. Um, and what you can do is go to that site, you can see what that audit looked like, and you can also go to check out more information or whatever the bottom link said, and you'll be able to find what that audit says. Um, we're also now looking at a tweet from Peck Shield that talks about doing a security audit of Swerve Finance smart contracts. So again, do your research. You, you you can find the audits of of these DeFi tokens if you go on their Twitters, on their websites. Um, you can find what these audits look like and also who performed the audit and how and what the audit was on. And then you can do the research into the company itself and figure out their history and how valid they are as well. So, you know, it's not a one... It's not a one solution meets all. It's more so do your research and you'll be able to find out who's good at what. Yeah, Pexual is pretty big in the in the space. Uh, you know, they've audited lots of you know lots of the biggest crypto, uh, you know, DeFi projects. Uh, you know, we're looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. We got EOS Maker Maker DAO is huge. You know, yeah. Maker DAO. One of the originators from DeFi. Yeah, their founder donated. Uh, I think. Uh, a sizable amount of MakerDAO tokens to Carnegie Mellon University, his alma mater. Wow! Just in, in the, uh, earlier this year. Really? Yeah, for our research. <laughs> Very valid. <laughs> Ave was audited by Pekin. You know, Ave is a platform our, our block uses a lot. Even Hydro's on here. Ran, Tron. Wow. Ran, cool Tron. You know, so many, so many good tokens are on here that they yeah. that Pekin has audited. Platform, Sarion. Wow, you know, we, you know, <laughs> nice sushi swap. <laughs> <laughs> These names kill me though, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. names kill me. Oh yeah. Man. How's your farming doing? I am. How how many moon? One point three three five. You have one point three three five moon. And it's been probably about an hour and ten minutes. Okay, so moon is two point four six bucks. 
So I probably have like three forty something. Yep. So three dollars and forty some cents per hour. Yep. Roughly. Yep. To do nothing. And you know what? I'll tell you how much I've stayed because I don't really care. I've stayed eleven point oh three moon ETH tokens. So that gives you an idea of how much you can make, how fast, and how much you have to put up. Yeah, you had a, a eleven liquidity pool tokens. Yes. Yeah. So anybody interested, that's kinda how that worked out. And yeah. um it's definitely a good way to earn passive income as well as, you know, it beats the uh current Fed rates that oh, yeah. that are trash and now they're stagnant for a couple of years now as they announced today. So um something to think about. Oh yeah. Now before we end this one out, let's talk about DAP real quick. Sure. So why is DAP the price it is right now? We've seen a significant drop from the highs of I don't know, what was it, like nine thousand or so. Obviously the home market is kinda of low right now. Yeah. Um, but can you describe why DAP is the price it is right now? Well, uh, we recently put out a a, lo- a blog post this morning. We, well, we put it out this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just briefly describing, uh, you know, uh, some of the things we're doing in the background in terms of our investments and DeFi. DeFi. You know, yep. we're investing heavily in DeFi, mm-hmm. and we're converting lots of DAP token into other tokens from these different platforms, and we're staking it to earn these large. Rewards. Rewards. <laughs> They're quite large. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and once they get big enough, you know, obviously, you know, we'll we'll claim the rewards and we'll buy back all the DAP that we converted, mm-hmm. and the price should see a pretty de- nice jump. Yeah, nice, nice, decent increase. But yeah. it's important to remember uh, to keep things, uh, you know, uh, keep keep uh, relative to the improvement of DAP this year uh, because, you know, we started at $31 per DAP mm-hmm. and we're at 2500 right now Yep, and had a high of 9000 mm-hmm. Uh, You know, so I think we're, we're doing quite well considering everything. Uh, and, you know, this uh, price decrease was calculated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, this is the company selling stocks to mm-hmm. invest in other things mm-hmm. to improve the overall value of the stock itself. You know, mm-hmm. we want $2,500 per DAP to mean $2,500 per DAP. Yep. And that means strengthening our investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's, that's why the price is the way, the way it is right now. But, you know, look forward to it getting, getting better over time. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> so, what is, uh, so the next steps for DAP in the, in the short term between now and the end of the year? is to um, continue to explore different projects such as DeFi and be able to uh, purchase back a lot of that DAP. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to try to purchase at least 50 DAP before the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, 50 DAP. And, you know, you can do the math right now what 50 DAP times 2,500 is. Uh, And that's just going to be from investment profits that we make uh, from investing in these DeFi projects mm-hmm. that are up and coming right now. I mean, we, we're already up right now in terms of profits, oh, yeah. but we don't want to remove them this early because mm-hmm. we think that there's a lot more room for growth. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to give these projects uh, probably another another three or four months to see 
see how how far things can go. Okay. But uh, in in between that, we're gonna be you know adding some cushion here and there for for DAP, mm -hmm. just making sure that we continue our consistent growth. Mm -hmm. uh, it's because twenty five hundred dollars right now it's good, but it's down for the month. Right. Yeah. So we want to be up for every month. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we, we're gonna be taking maybe claiming some of these rewards a little early mm -hmm. just because claiming the rewards when you farm you don't access your principal you right. don't touch your principal mm -hmm. yeah so we'll probably take the rewards and buy back some dap okay now real quick are there any re negative repercussions about taking out your principal if you wanted to yeah you lose uh the prospect of earning money in the future so basically you just lose the potential money that you would have made had you kept staking. Yeah, so blockchain crypto is all about position. When you have an early position and you hold it, the longer you stay there, the better. Yep. Okay. Now, is there any other... Typically, what I like to do at the end of most episodes is to give a quick tip on maybe something that may do well or may perform well. Is there anything that you want to give, give the listeners during well, this time? I know I gave a lot of tokens last time. I'm just going to give one. Buy some dap. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> well, fellas and ladies, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Our Block. Until next time.